Good morning and welcome back to Equity Monday, a quick hit from the Equity crew to help start your week. This morning, we are taking a look back at the biggest stories from the weekend. We are peeking at the week ahead and talking about a few startup funding rounds. And as always, we'll spend a few minutes at the end talking about something that is on our minds. Today, that final section is a little bit different, so stick around to figure out what it is that we are talking about. But first, the news. Today is the 15th of June, 2020. Let's get started. Now, let's take a look at the weekend today. What's really on my mind? Well, it seems that after a period of ebullience, the narrative has changed in the public markets from risk on to fear. Now, the question is, what is driving this? Well, it seems that a second wave of COVID-19 infections is really on the mind of people that buy and sell equities. Now, that's a little bit silly, you might say, because we're still in the first wave. True, but a rising number of infections in a number of U.S. states, some hotspots in Beijing and other concerns has led to people pulling back a little bit, so stocks are going down. The Dow Jones Industrial Average fell around five, six points last week despite an end-of-the-week rally, and looking at the indices this morning, we are going to see a bit more of the same. So why do we care? Well, this could harm the sort of exuberance that has helped a number of companies go public recently. Firms like, you know, Vroom and ZoomInfo. Surprisingly, the tech IPO window seemed open for a little bit. And the thought was maybe unicorns can kind of, you know, jump through. Well, people were buying up growth and kind of risk on shares. That may no longer be the case. We could see more IPO delays. We could see IPOs stop altogether. For companies that were hoping to kind of find some liquidity in this period of warmth in the markets, that could be passed. Here in the United States, the question now seems to be this. Did we close the country too late? Did we provide too little consumer support in the meantime? And then did we open the country again too quickly? And if so, now what? If you know the answer to that, please go invest in the markets. You shall become rich because no one else knows. Also out this weekend, news from Quibi. Now, Quibi, we haven't spoken about in a minute, and that appears to be kind of on point with its numbers. Quibi, the cosmically funded short-form video service with a focus on mobile content, has seen downloads of its app fall from hundreds of thousands per day to single and low double-digit thousands in the daily levels in recent weeks, according to the Wall Street Journal. Quote, at its current pace, Quibi will sign up fewer than 2 million paying subscribers by the end of the app's first year, according to a person familiar with its operations. That, per the Wall Street Journal, is far under its original target of 7.4 million. Our one word review for that is ouch. Quibi has raised a honestly shocking $1.8 billion to date, meaning the 2 million subscriber number would work out to around, if we're doing our math correctly early on a Monday morning, $900 raised per subscription achieved in its first calendar year. Now, you don't have to be an expert in all things media and SaaS to realize that's a pretty sharp CAC to LTV ratio. Even if people just don't churn, that's really hard to make back. Now, the number will get better, of course, over time as Quibi signs up more subscribers and gets more content out and maybe can write it ship and 2 million isn't zero and all of that. But when you raise $1.8 billion, expectations are high and uh, you need to actually meet them. All right, so looking to the week ahead, it shouldn't be super heavy, at least per things we already know are on the calendar. On the earnings front, we found two names this morning that we particularly care about, one of which is Oracle, the other which is Groupon. Now, as you know, Groupon hasn't been the most important tech company recently, but it is a Chicago unicorn success story, so we do care, and we might learn about the economy from that. And on the Oracle front, well, you know, Oracle is a cloud player. Now, it's not the biggest. It's not, you know, Azure or AWS or Microsoft and Amazon, but certainly it matters. And so if you 
you know, care about that market. Those earnings might be fun to see. Also this week, we would have seen a number of IRL tech events per our good friends over at TechMeme. This morning, we were just going through the list of things that are now online, things like the CB Insights Technology Conference, CVPR up in Seattle, Amazon Remars, events like that. Uh, you know, it's a reminder about how long we've been in, in lockdown. I haven't gone and gotten coffee with a friend in like three months, you know, just out at a coffee store. Anyways, that's the world we live in. I'm really curious to see next year what happens. Do these events all go back to having kind of a geographic focus? Do they go back to one place where all the people gather? Or is it kind of a hybrid, a smaller, you know, in-person event and a larger online presence? Do we all fly less once we realize we don't have to fly? Or do online conferences not go as well as people expect, like Amazon, CB Insights? And do we all go back to going, you know, showing up in Soma in San Francisco? I don't know. It's on my mind, though. It's going to be an interesting week to watch from afar. Now, past that, things should be the usual, a volatile market, a focus on COVID-19 and justice here in the United States, and perhaps, if I can be so bold, a rising amount of news as companies feel a little bit more comfortable talking about themselves once again. All right, let's talk about some funding rounds. This morning, we have three, not our usual two. We're talking about two rounds from Boston, a city about one hour from where I live, and a round from the Philippines. As always, our goal is to have a diverse set of funding rounds during each month. We want to look at early, middle, and late stage rounds from around the world with a slight bias towards early stage. Only one fits that model today, but we're going to start with our Boston rounds, including Duck Creek, based, of course, in Boston, is a self-described, quote, provider of SaaS-delivered enterprise software to the property and casualty insurance industry, which has put together a new $230 million round. Now, my first reader of this was vertical SaaS, not dead. Apex Partners bought the firm back in 2016. That is APAX Partners. The firm later went on to raise $120 million in 2019 from firms including Dragoneer. And now, according to Bloomberg, it has raised this $230 million more before an IPO. My guess is that S1 filing is going to be messy. That's a lot of players that like a lot of control and a lot of protection, and that means the document's going to be a mess. But Recall at the top of the show when we said that we weren't really sure if the markets were going to be kind of risk on anymore, and that, that could delay IPOs. Here's an IPO that could be delayed, but with $230 million, obviously, Duck Creek can wait. It's got a lot of time, plenty of breathing room. Now, also from Boston, At Fire has raised what it calls a $49 million strategic investment from Silversmith Capital Partners. The company, which claims to be up until this point, bootstrapped builds apps that plug into bigger apps. You know, it builds stuff that works with Confluence, Jira, Bitbucket, Bamboo, that sort of thing. So if you use one of those apps and need it to do one more thing, you can kind of get software from AppFire, plug it in, and ta-da, it now does that thing. This has been common in enterprise software for roughly ever. And so it's a big market, if a little bit out of the limelight. It's not a big round, but uh, if it's for a minority stake, Great deal for the company. I would love to see this one go public as well because I would love to see the math behind this sort of business model. So we will keep an eye on it for you. Oh, and finally, Tonic, T-O-N-I-K, has raised a $21 million round to launch a digital bank in the Philippines. Now, per TechCrunch.com, you may have heard of it, Tonic intends to, quote, launch its digital bank aimed at the Southeast Asian market by September of this year. So that's not too far away. It's a lot of money right before a launch. Pretty interesting. Sequoia Capital India and Point72 led the Tonic Series A round while existing investors Insignia and Credence participated in it. The startup, which according to our math has now raised $27 million to date, is super neat. And notably, according to its founder in the Philippines, over 70% of the population remains unbanked. Underbanked populations with rising smartphone penetration are ripe. 
for NeoBank and Challenger Bank disruption, and that appears to be what Tonic betting on. All right, so on to our deeper dive today. Now, normally we talk about some trend with like the SoftBank Vision Fund or early stage venture capital or whatever we're seeing over in the stock market. But today we're talking a little bit about me, which I hope you'll forgive. Since the middle of 2016, I have written a daily column on the markets, focusing on startups, startup fundraising, startup economics, and kind of the relationship between the public and private markets themselves. This is a project that I brought to TC with me when I came back in December of 2019. And honestly, it's been a really fun thing to do at the start of every day to take a chunk of my time and parse the news, figure out what's going on in the worlds of money and technology, and, and try to talk about it with everybody. This morning, we're doing something fun here at TechCrunch. We are naming the column, so please say hello to The Exchange, giving it an identity and kind of a revamped look along with some new art. So over on TechCrunch this morning, uh, check out the announcement post if you have a second. It would mean a lot to me, frankly. And honestly, if you like equity and the stuff that we do on this show, I reckon you like the column as well. Aside from recording equity on Thursdays with Tosh and Danny and Chris, it's by far the funnest part of my job. And now that I say that, I don't actually know if funnest is a word. The most fun part of my job? Whatever. Anyways, this is kind of a fun day for me. It's been a long time, you know, coming. And we have some more neat stuff from the exchange coming out over the next couple of months. So stay tuned. But in the meantime, that is all we have for you today. We hope that you are as safe as can be. This is Alex Wilhelm from the Equity Crew. And we'll be back Friday morning.